Welcome to If These Balls Could Talk, where each of us brings forth five topics to discuss. My name is Mark Pesci, and with me as always is the Shaggy to my Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Dooby-Doo, John Campania. What's going on, John? <laughs> That's awesome, Mark. I like that a lot. I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I, I never pictured myself as a Shaggy. Do you, do you see me as a Shaggy? Uh, I think you're more Shaggy than I am. Yeah. Are you a dog then? I guess I'm a dog. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. I it's, have a dog. I love uh, my dog. Your dog's so cute and old. You know, he's a cute old man. He got out of the he got out of the backyard today. He f- he always finds that little hole in the backyard, and he's just run, running along the neighborhood. But thankfully, all my neighbors know my dog, so I got a uh, a knock on my runs? front door. Everybody, well, he, Mark's dog doesn't run. He's he's he can mm. run. He no doesn't run very run. far. He's like my grandpa running. Does he have a walker? <laughs> He's got he's got four legs though, so he can still run faster than me. <laughs> he gets well, his those little spurts. With walker has six legs. Exactly. Oh, yeah, go. yeah, it's true. He gets those spurts in him, and especially if he he picks up a scent because he's part he's part basset hound. He's got that hound nose. I don't know. He can just do you give him Scooby snacks. I sh- I, I do give him Scooby snacks, although they're Amazing. supposed to help his uh his uh his breath too. They don't. <laughs> Uh, as per usual, with us is our producer and our version of The Terminator, Pete Steffen. How are you doing, Pete? It is good to be back. I was hoping you are going to do that. Yes. <laughs> That's a pretty good accent, Pete. Uh, thank you. With us today is our good friend, Stephen Coolis. Welcome to the podcast, Steve. Hey, thanks. Let's say we get to know more about our friend Steve, shall we? So John tells me that you're originally from the Cape and a big New England sports fan, but now live in New York behind enemy lines. Coincidentally, very near John. Please tell us what it's like living in the market of teams that rival the teams that we root for, whether or not you found an underground Boston sports fandom, and most importantly, why is it so fun to hate the Yankees? Well, first of all, I, so grew up Boston sports fan, you know, going to Bruins Celtics games with my dad. My dad was like a true Patriots fan before they were good when he had to watch them, you know, suck I remember forever. that 2 and 14 season. Yeah. You know, like I think they went to the Super Bowl one time and they got blown out. I was never, for me, it was really more about baseball. And I don't really see myself behind enemy lines here. It's like a civil war here. I don't know. It's something about upstate New York, they, I think it's just in... We're equidistant from everything. All fans are welcome in Albany. I choose to believe that it's... It, Albany was has really been wholesale rejected by New York City as a meaningful part of the state. And I think in rebellion... <laughs> that is very true. You know, they just, they bite back by... There's tons of Red Sox fans here who grew up here. I don't understand it. It can't it can't simply be a television market the, issue. The Western Massachusettsers have like snuck across the border, I think. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a word, I'll allow it. Well, when I was working at the liquor store, uh, someone actually actually told this to me. Albany is equidistant between the city of Boston and New York. Like it is. When I travel for work, I can do Logan just as easily as I can do. It's um, the same amount of time. Yeah, to JFK. It's yeah. But I definitely, when I lived there, I definitely don't remember as many Boston sports fans, especially Red Sox fans, until the 2013 World Series. <clears throat> Because I was at, when it was at the, it was Jillian's at the time, and we were watching game one of the World Series, and there were all of these Red Sox fans. I'd never seen them in my entire life. Well, that was, I mean, was that, that was the. That was the year. That was the year. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I wonder, I wasn't following them then. So I followed them from zero to 14 years old, intently. Wait, no, that's, that's wrong. 
This was 2013, 2003, because we were still. Oh, alive. 2004. This was this was because oh. I wasn't living. Yeah, in we're there older than okay. that, Steve. Okay. That would make this, us your age. This was 2004. Yeah. <laughs> I so I was because it I was it was the all same year that I tackled Pete. Okay. Well, I was going to say because I would imagine that a lot of people got around that team in 2013. Yes. Right for obvious but reasons. But you guys were really good for a long time by then. 2004 was the year that they finally turned around. Um, and they they were in the World Series against the the Cardinals, and so they had just that beaten the Yankees in the in the, in the reverse the, sweep. In the reverse sweep. Do you want to tell Steve that story, Mark? Of the Red Sox breaking the curse of Bambino? No, of you breaking <laughs> yeah, the, curse of John Campa- <laughs> the curse of John Campania. <laughs> the curse of John Campania. Yeah, we had we had made bets every year, Steve, and so um, we had made a bet the year before, and I got Mark in a whole bunch of embarrassing Yankee gear, and so we were going to make a bet again mm. in two thousand four. And um, we didn't, right? You just didn't get to it. And Mark was dragging his feet because the Yankees were winning and the Red Sox were losing. And so finally, right. like, game three, right? They're about to win. He's like, we should probably make that bet. And um, we did. We made something stupid, like wear a hat. And so <laughs> they win game four and they win game five and they win game six. <laughs> it's like, uh-oh. And yeah. it's it, it's crazy. Against the greatest closer of all time, no against doubt. the greatest closer of all time. Right. But I, I still think... 2003 should have been the year. That was the better year, I think, for you them. You guys were better that season, for sure. Well, it's just that, and, like, it was, I mean, that was the Game 7, Fucking and I'm little. reaching back now, because I was, <laughs> I was like, 12 years old, so I'm, I'm reaching back. But I'm pretty sure that that was Pedro Clemens in Game 7, and they both pitched well, well into Pedro the... Pedro didn't. <laughs> no, oh, Pedro, no, but well Pedro. into the game. I mean, well he, blew, he, blew, he detonated in, like, the 7th or 8th inning, because Little kept him in. I mean, then, look. And then Aaron frickin' Boone... If you're going to look dumb leaving him in or taking him out, he's like one of the greatest pitchers of all time. He's probably Aaron better to look dumb leaving him in. Boone. Aaron Boone. Yeah. <laughs> Frick, Frick is not the word Off used on Lance Downstreet. Yeah. Those fucking knuckleballs, man. He used to say that he could just like step in and if the air was moving the right way or wrong way, he would just like know he was going to get shelled or not. Yeah. I don't think I answered the question about why it's fun to hate the Yankees. I don't know. They spend the most money. Fuck those guys. I'll give you there time we for go. that. We're very that, hateable. That, that's a good answer. Yeah. I mean, it's just baseball. This, the, the beautiful thing about baseball and the sad thing about baseball is it is the most American. It's the, it's the least equal financially. And so these teams that can spend ridiculous amounts of money get to win more. And it's bullshit. It's not helping this year, though, guys. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Yankees are a total embarrassment the last 10 years, in my opinion. But we can get into that later if you want. Oof. Well, there may be some topics that no, I mean, can touch on that. It's been kind of tough to have a $200 million roster and lose for, you know, for 10 years. Big market sports teams only care about championships. Everything else is, is nonsense. You could yeah. win 112 games and lose and nobody cares. Nobody cares. And it's Yankee fans are like that. As a Yankee fan, I f- get very... Um, complacent during the season. I'm like, oh, the Yankees won. Oh, the Yankees lost. <laughs> and like, you see a lot of people come on during like, you know, August and September when it starts to matter. Like, oh, fucking Yankees. Go, guys. All right. So let's keep going here. All right. So, Steve, I realized recently, and by recently, I mean like yesterday, that we don't talk about music enough. And even though we see each other all the time and both love it, yeah. a few years ago, I taught myself how to play bass guitar badly using rocksmith actually on the computer nice yeah if i would have stayed in practice i actually would be pretty good but i didn't but i know that you're a guitar player yourself so how long have you been playing what made Uh, you start and what keeps you playing and i'm going to add this in when are we starting a band okay 
I mean, the last question is, I think we agreed yesterday. Awesome. We're, we're kicking it off. Uh, I started playing, I don't remember the exact age, but if somebody could look up when the movie School of Rock came out, then I could tell you. Because we watched Ooh. it and we were all like, oh, hmm. shit, that's a great movie. That was we all want to start. Like nine? 20 years ago. No, it can't be 2009. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was 2003, I think, Mark. Ooh. No, it definitely was because I was, I, I was definitely not 19. 2003. 2003. There you go. Yeah. So we, I was we like were, 12 or 13 when it came out. Wow. And Mark and, and I, I were roommates when that movie came out. <laughs> I mean, it was such a fun movie. And so everybody for like five minutes, everybody wanted to play the guitar. And then like 10 minutes in, I was the only person still playing it. And my dad can play and he's pretty good. And he taught me. Okay. Um, oh, that's awesome. And it was also, that was like right as, as I was getting into all of my dad's like classic rock records. I was raised on the Beatles with my mom and her, nice. her Beatles record collection. And then, then it was like Zeppelin and that kind of stuff and starting to learn to play because I wanted to be able to emulate uh, that sound and and then I never so, stopped. The reason I never stopped is I think it's everybody needs some kind of artistic release, and that's mine. Just makes me feel better when I do it, and I know that my mental health is poor if I realize it's been a while since I've done it. Gotcha. That makes total sense. Yeah. Do you have a favorite song to play? No, lately I've just been trying to trying to emulate emulate that like I would say early twentieth century blues sound, which is like very acoustic and mm. and simple. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I have a favorite song. I think the, the the song the song that I put the most time into learning how to play probably was partially because it's in a non-standard tuning was Red, Led Zeppelin's Rain song, which just mm, took a long time awesome. to but it's such a, yeah, I we had we have like four or five guitars in my childhood home and I used to just leave one in that tuning scheme and then practice it once a day for maybe a year or two before I was like really comfortable with it but um what's your favorite band like i don't think we've ever really talked about our musical likes yeah and, you know we've known each other for about a year and a half now yeah like the beatles are like my musical ground truth they're like when i was you know i've come back and left and come back uh and and enjoyed various eras of them differently over the the years but i think the musician i connected with the most consistently in my adult life was definitely neil young just like it was a big part of my miserable 20s. <laughs> yeah, some serious Neil Young vibes for everybody who doesn't see it because we're not on video. I appreciate that. I yeah. appreciate that. That's I the nicest that, thing yeah. anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> <laughs> he came into my house yesterday with shiny leather shoes and a pea coat. And I'm like, there's a man. There you go. He did say oh, that. And, I did and, actually say that. And poor Mel was like, aren't you a man, John? <laughs> <laughs> I've been known to be one. Oh, and today I have toys all over my office and... Um, Still play a lot of video games, so who so knows? as someone you can that talk is in a high pitched voice sometimes, sometimes, but that's because I'm weird. <laughs> as somebody that like is not that great at bass, and one of the most frustrating things to me is learning the fretboard and just being able to like play, translate what's in my head to my fingers without having to think about it. How long yeah. did it take you to get to that point? I there's like a really simple exercise where you just play like the open string and then the first fret and the second fret and the third fret and you go down and then you just keep going one fret down and doing it. And then you start at the bottom and you go all the way back up. Mm -hmm. And if you do that every day for like two or three years, you'll just be so incredibly, and you go as slow as you can do it perfectly accurately, making exactly the sound you wanted. Okay. Uh, and then you go faster and faster and faster and faster and faster over the course of like a year or two. And you'll be surprised. Um, and bass is, you know, bass is harder in in a certain way. Like you have to press down uh, strings are and much harder. Press, yeah. And yeah, the huge gauge on those strings. So I don't know if it would be as effective, but mm. that's what I did with the guitar. Okay. 
Yeah, I've actually got a, a B string, a low B string instead of the E string so that I can tune down and have it nice. still sound good. But it's yeah. I think I might replace it because it's giant. It's like I go to play that string and it just like it hurts. Yeah, exactly. It's like slam. Pete, it when down. you started to play, um, and for people who don't know, right, Pete has a really firm grasp of music theory and just music in general. Um, mm-hmm. like you've never played an instrument, but you're a musician. That's like how I, how I like to explain you. Um, did that help you learn an instrument, like kind of as um, an adult? Yeah, because I knew when I was wrong. You and you were yeah. wrong immediately. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, like um, I tried to learn the viola over over during like the heart of COVID, and it was mm-hmm. like having to press down exactly in the correct position to get the note rather than having the the crutch of a of a of frets it was insanely challenging right. that's really yeah, interesting I, I think so it doesn't help me as much now but if i could get to the point where steve was talking about i would basically get to shortcut from like the beginning of intermediate stage to like advanced intermediate stage because of that because i well, could you don't have to learn music you can read music right now right I could just yeah. be like, okay, I know how to now play different scales and compose it in my head and translate that instantly to the, what I'm playing. And I know what that's going to sound like before I even move my fingers. Like that's the step that would speed things up, but I, yeah. I'm not there yet. And music theory really is not going to help you there too much. Right. No, but ear training really does. More of a, uh, yeah, exactly. And I, cause I don't know, I don't know anything about music theory basically. So. <laughs> Pete has laser eyes and laser ears. It's kind of crazy actually. He's yeah. like, did you see how I changed that green? I'm like, I do not, Pete. I'm sorry. Yeah, we all had to like <laughs> nod politely as Pete showed us like 15 different versions of settings for cyberpunk and be like, yes, I definitely see the difference between this. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so uh, you moved two doors down uh, from me about a year and a half ago, right. Uh, right before the birth of your son. While that has also been the length of our friendship, from my perspective, you're a pretty fantastic full-time dad. I just wanted to take a moment to recognize that. Oh, thanks. Uh, well, you're welcome. Uh, you did all this while working up until recently, mostly from home. And so almost a year and a half in, can you discuss both the positives and negatives of working from home and parenting, as well as raising a newborn in general? First of all, the positives drastically outweigh the negatives when it comes to having a baby at home. It's just so much easier. Where I'm in IT, I think many of us are. I don't, I don't know what you do, Mark. Not a damn Mark's thing. like a mathematician. <laughs> okay. yeah. He's like a general businessman. Yeah, oh, okay. he, he does everything. So you're probably in a like a meeting oriented workplace, right? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, the the 10 minutes in between meetings you, you get at the office where you might just like, you know, stand up and stare at the window or go chit chat with a coworker to be able to throw in like a load of laundry or go see the baby for five, 10 minutes. Is, it's just it's better. There's no there's no two ways about it. So my wife and I work opposite schedules. She works on Saturday and Sunday. So I work Monday through Friday and then it's just me and Wes on Saturday and Sunday. And there, when I was working from home, there's this moment where you're like, have I left the house in the last seven days (laughs) at all? Like other than to get a bagel. Oh man. So you do have to do like a little bit of, uh, I remember that. (laughs) Yeah. And you have to like, you need to separate your workspace at home from, from your life space, which I don't, I didn't really have the luxury of doing completely. So I, I also have a work from home gig and there was, um, that when I first started doing it, I always had to ask myself is like, when was the last time I showered? Do you do the oh, smell yeah. test? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and usually when I have to ask that question, that means I have to shower. It's, it's been, been too, too long. long. Yeah. Too long. Yeah. Do you live by yourself? I do. Yeah. So you need, so you need like a dog or something at least like something. To just well, I have a dog like, and a cat. I have there a dog and go. a cat. Yes. 
but they they love me unconditionally, so it's just, that doesn't count. Yeah, I just probably to, don't um, tell you. When I used you to need always to make sure that when I got up during COVID, that I would shower and that I would put jeans on. And so I put jeans on, I put a t-shirt on, I walked in the office. When I was done with the office, I walked downstairs. I just kind of yeah. separate it. And I think that's part of the reason that I went in pretty early on, um, just because I needed the separation. So we're only nine miles from the office, so I used to just go in and just be by myself, for, and yeah. that worked for a while. Um, and I go in full time now, even though I don't have to. I'm not sure I'm, why. I'm 50-50 and I, I couldn't ask for better. Yeah, I think that, that, that's about perfect. Yeah. I, think that, I think that's good for you. And honestly, yeah. it was good for me when I was in that stage um, because all the things you're talking about, spending time when they're little, being home, um, and like being able to fill the gaps when yeah. you're, like, you're not at work, not doing anything is important. So I, I agree with that completely. Yeah, plus it's just it's the, the time is so uh, an eight-year-old is pretty similar for most of the time they're eight. Um, but you know, babies, it's like that sometimes the window is like a month long where they're a completely unique version of themselves and then, and then gone for good. So, um, I really like to take advantage of, of it. That's really insightful. Jamie reached a point where she has gotten taller and, but then you, then me, right. (laughs) She's taller than everybody in the house now that she's gotten taller, but she's had like the same face and done most of the same things. And like, you don't even notice, I mean, she's getting bigger, obviously, but you don't even notice she's getting bigger because it's just so incremental. And her, her attitude is so incrementally different that you can't even tell after five years. Right. Yeah, exactly. Attitude. Is she starting to become a a preteen? I mean, she has a preteen. preteen? Well, I mean, the preteen attitude. I have to remind her to like come downstairs. I'm like, hey, I'm home. She's like, I didn't notice. And she's so sweet about it. But I'm like, (laughs) oh, yeah. I remember the moment where my niece, hey, Marion. I remember the moment my niece came over um, for the weekend um, because they live in Westchester. And she just went upstairs and she talked to her friends on her phone. And I was like, she a teenager now, Mel? And she was like, yep, she is. I'm like, God damn it. I remember that phase, too. I mean, it's just funny. Like, we... I, I remember holding him like the minute he was born and just looking over at my wife and being like, you know, someday he's going to look at us and with absolute, absolute hatred in his eyes, tell us that he hates us. <laughs> <laughs> you got a couple of years to prepare yourself. For that, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Like positive that he happen. thinks it in that moment too. Yeah. He'll feel it with an intensity that you haven't felt in 25, 30 years. About anything. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Because you like didn't let him go to the movies with his friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Something yeah, it's completely like ridiculous. Exactly. I, I will have ruined his life in some whole capacity. life over. Yeah. You're like, yeah. Well, then go. <laughs> Let's say we get started. Are you ready, everyone? Yes, sir. Yeah. John. John, why don't you start things off this week? I want to start things off. I'm scared. Oh. We've never done that before. I mean, we we've have one that. time. We've done that before. Yeah, we did. And the reason I'm starting things off. It's official, everyone. Everyone's favorite football throwing cave troll, Aaron Rodgers, is coming to New York. Uh, the details of the trade are as follows. The Jets will be receiving Rodgers, the 15th overall pick in the 2023 draft, and a 2023 fifth round pick in exchange for the 13th overall pick in this year's draft, as well as a second round pick and the sixth round pick and a conditional second round pick next year that would be a uh, would become a first if Rodgers plays more than 65% of this coming season. Um, it's easy to understand the Packers' mindset, as he was never going to be a Packer ever again. Um, moving f- on from the legend, uh, first-round pick Jordan Love has been sitting on the bench waiting for his turn for almost three years now, and Rodgers is owed, get this, $58.3 million before 2023 season and a whopping 108.7 over the next two years. So, 
does Rodgers make the Jets an instant champion like people are saying, or did they overpay for another crazy old rich dude? And I just got to say, he doesn't look like he's homeless that much anymore, but I think the Jets might have did hair and makeup. I mean, it's really depending on what happens on the draft tonight, but personally, I don't think the Jets become a favorite. I mean, I don't think they're better than the Chiefs. I don't think they're better than the Bills. I don't think they're better than the Bengals. I mean, they're 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 still not to me. They're, they're still just the Jets. They're still just the Jets. Robert Sala, while he's a very good coach, has not really won anything as a coach either. So it's to be seen, really. Like all all this hype about the Jets are Super Bowl bound. I don't I don't get it at all. Especially because Aaron Rodgers has only ever played in one Super Bowl himself, and he's loves losing the NFC Championship game. Hmm. Do I mean? Do I think the Jets are going to automatically contend? No. And you know this just reminds me so much about when the Packers got rid of a future Hall of Fame quarterback and Brett Favre, coincidentally to the Jets. Hmm. And he only played with the Jets for one year. It just reminds me so he much of another that. scumbag. He was another scumbag. Yeah. He Do you think he's going to struggle scumbag. in New York with all the vaccine mandates? Or I mean, <laughs> who knows? Right? At this he, point, he probably will. That's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah, he he was definitely He's vehemently against it. Although, did, is that still a thing? Because considering the pandemic is no longer a thing officially now. Yeah, things have softened for yeah, sure. That's true. So people like like Aaron Rodgers and Novak Djokovic can go back to doing what they want. Yeah. So John, I want to say that, and partially agreeing with Mark, but I don't know. I I think they got way better. If you look at the Jets, well, of course they got total, better. Well, right. the Jets. Okay. The, the, the thing Jets, that makes the Jets good. And you can finish one second. But the things that make the Jets good is actually their defense. Their defense is awesome. It is. So here's the thing. They beat the Bills in a game last year and got close with them another. So maybe that's like tinting my perspective a little bit. But they did that with their season totals for quarterback touchdowns was 15. Didn't they get 14 interceptions as well? Like, that's That might have been Zach Wilson. And also keep in mind the Jets got swept by the Patriots last year. Right. The worst Aaron (laughs) Rodgers has ever played is like twice as good as that. So I, what were they? Seven and 10 last year? Uh, I think they were a little better, but I mean, they were, they were a decent team there and they were better than their record too. They, they will get at least 10 wins this year. Keep in mind. They didn't have, they had two kind of garbage quarterbacks. I guess my question though, is that they didn't get OBJ and they didn't, yeah, but they have Garrett Wilson, who Garrett Wilson is a potential superstar WR one, especially with Aaron Rodgers throwing in the ball. I mean, that he is even, even a washed lot up Aaron Rodgers of guesstimation, though. And I mean, I'm, I'm he had a good season with Zach Wilson, but he didn't have a you know top five in the league mm-hmm. season. And there, well, there's there's a couple things though that Jets uh, fans probably should be optimistic about. One that Aaron Rodgers is going to participate in all of the offseason training drills with the Jets which is something that he never did with the Packers. But, you know, he has to form that chemistry with Garrett Wilson. I mean, if he can form that chemistry with Garrett Wilson, that's the potential to be a a pretty good year for both of them. They do have to fix the offensive line a little bit because that's one reason why the Jets didn't really perform well is because it doesn't matter what quarterback you have. If they're going to get hit in less than three seconds, then they're not going to do well. So the jury's still out for me, but to me, honestly, I don't make think they're better than the Bengals. I don't think they're better than the Chiefs. I don't think they're better than the the Bengals. So uh, it's funny as we're talking about this topic right now. Yes, we're recording on Thursdays. 
the NFL draft is going on. And right as we say this, the Jets are up and they have a pick in. Yeah, I'm waiting for it to show up. I literally yeah, I know, just, like, I just I sitting there waiting for it to load. Because I have been watching, but I wouldn't. I, I think they're going to pick an offensive tackle. Uh, four or five offensive tackles have already gone off the board, so I yeah. bet it'll be a guard. Oh, there's probably a tight end. <laughs> four offensive tackles are gone already? Wow. There's a kid making the pick, and he's adorable, and he just did the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets chant, and he's getting the crowd going nuts. He's like like an eight-year-old kid. This is awesome. It. It's Paris Will, Johnson went six. Will edge rusher, Will McDonald, the fourth. He's like the third edge rusher off the board, I think. He's pretty good. Fourth edge, really r- uh, edge fifth rusher. Fifth edge rusher off the board. Well, that's no, what they use. Fourth. That's fourth. what they use the Aaron Rodgers pick for. Oh, jeez. Interesting. <laughs> so their already loaded defense just got another player. Wait, that, I missed the Pats pick then. Who did the Patriots pick? Uh, they're not yet. They haven't picked yet. I, I thought think, you said yeah. the Jets just picked. Uh, yeah, it's they Jets may- and the Commanders and the Patriots. Uh, Pittsburgh and New England swapped. Oh, goddamn, Belichick. Yep. Patriots went. He, he you know why? Because he didn't get the cornerback that he wanted. I think that's why yep. he went bad down. Yep, he traded down. Next topic. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens came to an agreement on a five-year, $260 million deal with $185 million guaranteed. Both totals surpassed Jalen Hurts' contract from last week and justify Lamar's contract negotiations without an agent. While Hertz was the quote-unquote highest-paid player for less than a week, the same may come true for Jackson as Joe Burrow's contract extension is still looming in the balance. So, gentlemen, what does it mean for the league and for Lamar Jackson to finally get a big contract signed? I mean, I think it's just what we've been saying for a month, is that AAA quarterbacks cost a lot of money. And if you want them, you have to pay for them. And that just keeps happening, right? Jalen Hurts thinks he's better than Deshaun Watson and he gets more money. Lamar Jackson thinks he's better than all of them and he gets the most money. And Joe Burrow is better than all of them, so he'll get the most money. I'm very surprised, actually, that the Ravens did this because I didn't think they were going to. I think the writing was on the wall when they signed OBJ. I could have bet money on it. They went and got the best guy that was on the board. Not to say that OBJ is going to be the OBJ of old, but he's right. still at least known as a as a wr1 and so yeah. big free agent big, wide receiver big free agent wide receiver and they went and got him um i think that deandre hopkins is going to be in that running but i think he's probably going to go to the bills or the chiefs, or heard the chiefs. Of both. i mean there's a lot of places he can go um there's a limit to them though with obj and now with lamar i think the ravens are a lot lot better yeah i think this is justification he's you know when we we discussed him numerous times on the show but like when he's healthy he's mvp caliber uh level like he or he can be like throwing 400 yards multiple touchdowns rushing for like 100 yards like he's insane well with with obj with the healthy rashad bateman rashad bateman was hurt most of last season Mm, um with other people other than mark andrews to throw to i think the ravens are a contender again that team needs to stay healthy though lamar included like they, they've had terrible luck on offense with injuries. Yeah, Dobbins was hurt last year. Everybody was hurt last year. That's Everybody. why they were garbage. Like, there was not a, a in, an intact ACL on that team <laughs> like the last two years. Oh, yeah, that was, that, that was two years ago. Like, they're yeah, like running back RB1, like 2, 3, and 4, I think, all got <sighs> knee injuries. And a defensive back, too, I think. Like, it was just one after another. Right, and then Lamar can't do everything, right? He can't do right. the whole thing. And that's why they struggled. And they struggled last season. Yeah. So how much is Burrow's contract going to be? Uh, is it going to be 300 mil? He might break that barrier. He's he's one of the top QBs in the league and coming off hot, two hot seasons in a row. 
Yeah. I mean, he'll make, he will make more and he has the ammunition to make more, right? And they still have a little bit of space, right? Because they don't have to pay Chase yet. And, um, so I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Chase Young. And then there's also T. Higgins that's potentially going to get traded. Uh, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. I'm sorry. Right. They don't have to pay T. Higgins yet. So they have money. Why wouldn't the Bengals do something very similar to what they did with Patrick Mahomes and sign him for like 11 bajillion years? So you spread the money out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Remember, they're always backloaded, so there's more money on the end. But if you do that, now you have the money to sign both Chase and Higgins, potentially, right? Yeah, the Chiefs have set up, set up, up a playbook. But no one else has signed a quarterback for, I mean, his his is 10 years, $450 million, as we said last year. I think Allen is eight. Allen six. six. Tom Brady was never it. the highest played player in the league. Never. Because... He always knew that if he took all the money, there was no money to put other places, right? Which is why I thought Jalen Hurts was funny with like, oh, I'd, I'd rather championships than money. Well, you signed the biggest fucking contract in the deal, so <laughs> you know. clearly want money. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, rather have it than money, but he'd gladly take the money, apparently. And I mean, it's not saying much, but I think Joe Burrow really likes to be the king of Cincinnati. Well, who doesn't, right? I, mean, I do love the, the shots of him with the cigar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, like, he's like the mafia don of Cincinnati. He he fits fits that franchise and that city very well. Steve, what are your thoughts? I I could not be less educated on football. Oh, really? Yeah, no, seriously. I I have baseball questions for you. Yeah, exactly. When John asked me about this, I was like, yeah, I mean, if you don't want to talk about football, I'm perfectly All right, so does it sound smart to to sign a quarterback to like 20% of your salary cap? No, no, I think it's it's crazy. I I think it's, it's worse than... Maybe the the baseball equivalent is how much people spend on their on their pitching staff, right? And mm. you know, like the Red Sox. Well, no, Red Sox signing Chris, Sa- uh, not healthy uh, Chris, Chris Sale. Sale, right? I mean, I love Chris Sale, love him to death, but yeah, no, I, I just think it's nuts. And Fucking I think Carlos Rodan, so pissed it's, off. I don't think it's a coincidence <laughs> that the Patriots avoided it and dominated for a decade. Yeah, but they also oh, somehow yeah. managed to avoid it while still having the best QB, and that's hard. That's hard. Yeah, well, because yeah. he was willing to do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he's smart enough is. to know you'd like you most of the money he was going to make in his life was not from mm. yeah. direct contract money. It's the TB12 bullshit. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think TB12 should be a new drinking game rule. Done. I guess also being like independently wealthy because you're married to like the most famous model in the world probably doesn't oh. hurt the situation. Formally married. Formally married. Well, yeah, but I'm but, saying yeah. when these decisions too were soon? being made. <laughs> not too <laughs> soon. Not too soon. Yeah. He squandered his beautiful mega rich wife. Yeah, you got. You really got to wonder what what happened there. Your face is the next topic. I wanted to take the opportunity to talk about a growing rivalry in the American League East between the Yankees and the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, while we always have a special place in our hearts for the Red Sox, uh, this is shaping up to be the next big rivalry in the MLB. Uh, seemingly at the center of the rivalry is the hatred the Jays pitcher Alex Minot. Uh, one and one with a 5.13 ERA has for Garrett Cole. Um, Mano has publicly taken offense to Cole's use of tack and has called him the biggest cheater in baseball history. Uh, what do we think about the rivalry? <laughs> the odd points of the escalation over last year of Vlad Guerrero Jr. saying he'd die before he played for the Yankees and blood feuds in baseball in general. Okay, I have a, I have a strong opinion on this. I who, love it. Who the fuck do the Yankees think they are to determine like who's going to be the next big rival with the Blue Jays? They've They've not They've not succeeded for more than a decade. They're at the bottom of the division with the Red Sox right now. If anybody's going to have a rivalry, it's going to be the Rays in the Blue in the Blue Jays. You know, the Orioles are doing better. They seem to be much them. better than the Yankees. They're right? much better. They're low budget. They're young teams. They're wicked exciting to watch. It's absolute horseshit that 
that the, the Boston would ever have a rival other than the Yankees or Yankees ever have a rival other than Boston is ridiculous. And if you're going to claim it, it you need... Because of all the fights. I couldn't even believe how many articles were written on it. And I get it. Like, we all miss the 90s bench clearing, you know, Don Zimmer getting punched by Pedro or whatever. But like, it's never going to be like that again. I you just throw him down even a punch. Damn, him. that makes me wish I would watch baseball in the 90s. That sounds like it was. It was pretty wild. Well, yeah, there's just not the bitterness of having lost for 86 years to drive the... You know, drive the, the violence so yeah. you throw old men right to the well, that's ground the, that's because the red Sox have won so many more times than the yankees yeah. recently so i mean <laughs> yeah though to be fair winning four times at the beginning of a century um has not always done that. I mean, that's exactly what happened going that's exactly into the 20th happened. century yeah, so. uh, yeah be careful don't, <laughs> don't, don't wait, 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 wait a second exactly. we shouldn't say it <laughs> exactly yeah exactly but yeah no i just uh, like every time i see this i'm like who, who the fuck are you well what's really interesting rivals is um and I thought about the story, and not even Alex Minot, who is really just full of hot air. He's like a big fat yeah. pitcher man, and he just hates everyone. Yeah. Um, but the way that Vlad hates the Yankees is the same way that I remember Griffey ha- hating the Yankees. And I think possibly because the Yankees management in its storied history was a bunch of racists. Because um, Griffey tells a story about how his father was on the bench and he had to leave. He was told by the management to leave the bench because um, players uh, only players were allowed on the bench and he like saw Craig Nettles' kid playing being on the bench and then uh, the way uh, Vlad just talks about it recently is that well yes it has something to do with my family so definitely mm. has something to do with dad well he's never going to come to Boston either then I mean as much as I love the team that's yeah. true I think it's, it's, always, it's always had, it's always had that problem yeah exactly that's why that's why David Price didn't want to stay I don't, th- I don't I, I think it had to have factored in for Mookie Betts um, so yeah it's a huge bummer do you see Mookie that's, Betts that's just pulled a perfect game I love Again? that. I, I love that he's. <laughs> I love that he's a pro bowler, like a Burra. Not not pro, but pro caliber. It's yeah, so he's fantastic. amazing. It was just. He's, it was just he's pulled a few in his career. I think that's crazy. Yeah, he's 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 good at it. It's just he's such an odd dude. So I well, I'm not. <laughs> well, I'm not a big baseball fan. The only thing I can speak to this rivalry is: Does the Blue Jays temporarily leaving Rogers Center during COVID and playing in Buffalo at well, I forget what it's called now, Salem's Field, I think. Does that make me a de facto Blue Jays fan? I think it probably does. I think hop on board. It's going to well, be a fun. You team. just yeah, yeah, you just shouldn't be a Yankees fan, Pete. That's what okay. we're, that's what we think. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I mean, if you like being married, you should probably be a Yankees fan. Yeah, that that there is that <laughs> problem. Saying. Steph's a uh, Steph's got it in her blood, <laughs> just that, like John. Was that in, was that in the vows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, I think you know, she she snuck it in there in like two point font. <laughs> I mean, I think blood feuds in general make sports more Absolutely. fun. Absolutely. Baseball right? was so fun much more to hate interesting. Other teams. Baseball yes. was so much more interesting yeah. when other teams oh, hate definitely. each other. And yeah. technically, the Rogers Center is the th- the third professional baseball stadium I've been in. So not for a game, but Steph and I got a uh, a Hotwire hotel and it said something about Rogers Center. We're like, what? So we get in there and we go into our room and we open the curtains and we're looking directly out yeah, on yeah. the field. The right like, field rooms in Rogers Center kick a whole ton of ass. It was awesome. And they're like, they were down there practicing. We're just watching a practice yeah. and we're like, we opened the window and we can yell at them. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that's a, a pretty cool feature. It's that's a yeah, so stadium. So yeah, for my, my, it's a cool take. It's not a real rivalry. Some players mm-hmm. hate each other right now. If they, if they compete aggressively for another hundred years, then give me a call. I guess that's right. my point. <laughs> Alex Minow 
walked down the foul line as slow as he could, mean mugging Garrett Cole while the game had already started. And I'm surprised he didn't call for some sort of thing. I don't know what they call him for, but it was like really blatant and childish. Well, there's no clock on the on uh, the time you need to get to first base, right? Yeah. yeah. But Cole was on the Not mound. Yet. He literally yeah, just like little, took that's... a knee and waited for the fat ass to get into the dugout. <laughs> They may Damn. be able to do some like um, intentional delay of game. I'm sure the ump has some kind of discretionary call they're yeah. allowed to make if you're. To see, uh, Otani was the first player to be called for a ball while pitching and a strike while hitting in the same game for delay of uh, for the pitch clock. Oh, nice! Week. He yeah. he almost he almost hit for the cycle as the pitcher too. He missed it by like. <laughs> He's a fucking monster. I was going to say, like, in an age where almost everything is a letdown and is disappointing and, and isn't what you're hoping it's going to be, Otani really is. It's so much fun to watch him. He's just auditioning for the Yankees romance. <laughs> I want him to go to some, like, team that has character and no money. But obviously that won't happen. No, he wants to get paid. Yeah, mm-hmm. fair enough. Oh, I have a next topic. With the MOB season now a month old, this certainly has not been the season that many expected. With headlines that include the Rays starting the season so well and having the best record, the Athletics seemingly fielding a minor league team and wanting to move to Las Vegas, the Pirates looking like the team to beat in the NL Central, and finally the Dodgers and Padres with big money rosters playing not so great baseball. So gentlemen, what is the biggest surprise in the Major League Baseball season thus far? The 14-11 and 11 gets you in fifth place. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah, that we're at the bottom underneath the Orioles, fourteen and eleven. The Astros and the Yankees, right, having a perfectly reasonable first twenty games and being almost in last place. I mean, the Royals are where they should be, but like everyone else is super great at baseball. The AL East is the best division in baseball by far. Those aren't really surprises, but um, yeah, I think that it's really odd how competitive it is this year. Yeah, just generally, the Orioles' success always confounds me. (laughs) would you say the rays um hot start in the beginning of the season i mean that was pretty exciting that was cool it's fun to watch even though we were on the 21 and 5 it looks like right now i mean the rays Rays are consistently one of the best teams in baseball consistently and they never have any big names on the team never Hmm. they have the best well Well, i mean they're pitching staff yeah but they don't have they don't have like big money pitchers on their staff though no, well, that's they, just because right. McClanahan they, hasn't gotten paid yet. They developed. They developed right. well. Yeah, for sure. Now they did. Uh, shoot, what's the what's the shortstop name? Uh, Wandy Franco is that is that what his name is? They uh, now in terms of Tampa money, he was signed to a big contract. It was like 10, yeah. 10 years, one hundred eighty-two million or something yeah. like that. Which you know, in the grand scheme of things, is not the thirty million dollar contracts like uh, that other teams have, have paid, but. It's the most that Tampa's ever spent. And do you think maybe McClanahan's going to get the same thing? I mean, do they have any more money left? Nobody goes yeah, to see the Rays. That's the thing. Is that, There's a new stadium gonna, coming. Yeah. The, but how long is it going to take for this like revenue to follow how great they've been? And then the Red Sox beat them in the in the divisional series a couple of years ago in a total fluke where they were so that was a total worse. fluke. Total oh. fluke. I was at Fenway when they when they when they won and I was just like. I feel gross. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm glad that they won, but oh my God. It was horrible. You know, you're just like, how did this happen? Like the night before. I feel a little bad when the Yankees beat the Twins in the playoffs every year and the Twins are always really young you and You don't feel that bad. Like a little. I mean, didn't the Twins just take two out of three against Yes. You? Yes, good, they good, did. Good, good, you're good, right. Good, they good, did. Good. The Twins haven't really been meaningful since the Kirby Bucket days, so you shouldn't feel that bad. Didn't they have a hot year in like 2019 or something? We got, the, we got them in 
the divisional almost every year. The wild card one, the playing one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. How do you feel almost about the play? Wait, can we talk about that for a second? What do you guys yeah. think of the playing game? Because this is very divisive in my friend group. I of, of baseball watchers like more playoff sports. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. That. I'm okay with the, the wild card round because I thought that baseball was a little bit too selective with this playoff teams, but mm-hmm. I hope they don't keep growing it. Like, I don't want yes. it to be to the NBA level where half the teams now make the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Hey, but are you glad that the Lakers are making it to the next round? I don't mm-hmm. know. We'll talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> what, so what about the Pirates? The NL yeah, so Central leading say, Pittsburgh they're, Pirates. They're looking pretty good, too. I can't name one single pirate on the team except for Andrew McCutcheon, but he only came back. Yar. Uh, I'm going to pull up their roster. I have no idea what's going on with exactly. right now. Exactly. They're doing very well. They've, they've apparently finally been scouting. And, uh, they have scouts now? They have scouts now. Like They're not just throwing in the towel and seeing wh- who's, who's left to, to pick from the, the litter or something. A lot of people seem to think that they're, they can maintain this. We'll see. Is this some like Billy Bean voodoo magic sabermetrics team they put together? Or do they just like luck into something here? I mean, I don't know one single player on this roster. except There's a lot of analytics in baseball. So there might be some up and comer that's in charge of the team that's taking a look at something that other people aren't. But you think it's just because they're playing other NL Central teams? Well, that's the thing is I I, that's the thing I want to like. What's their schedule been like? Well, yeah, the NL Central. So a month into the year, though, you've played a good amount of bad and good teams. Yeah. Um, and the NL Central is not a bad division either. I mean, the Cubs and the Cardinals are both doing pretty well. Uh, and the Brewers, excuse me. The NL Central is not a is, a, is maybe the second best division in baseball. I think you're right. I would love I would love the Pirates to to do well. Like I have always been a big fan of small market teams making it to the World Series. Like I want to see a Rays Pirates World Series. Uh, that'd, be uh, that'd, be, that'd be fun. Would love yeah. to see that because and Absolutely. I but. I mean, it was, I remember the Royals winning the World Series in 2015, and I was hoping it's like, yes, small market teams are, are going to come back, and everyone's going to stop spending all this money, and then it just, <laughs> they went the complete opposite. So apparently, the uh, Pirates pitcher, Mitch Keller, is pretty hot lately, too. He just struck out 10, runner, uh, 10 batters in the last game. That was really uh, good, Pete. I'm proud of you. I tried. I looked something up. It's like Pete knows baseball now. No, but I mean, I've never heard that name before. So like, he's obviously not one of the the hot top pitchers in the league, but I mean, how has he been in the season? Has it been because of their pitching or is it like just, I generally don't, I don't follow um, NL that closely because I think it's a bad product. Well, they, I mean, it's just, they, it's they don't pro- have I mean, the pitchers. Just, they, they have DHs just like the AO. Yeah. They got, they mm-hmm. do the, Wait, did they implement that yet? Yeah, they did. Oh, okay, so God. they have they've caught up there. It's while I'm easy oh, I'm easy like the next topic. So, and we, we touched on it a little bit, but is Shohei Otani for real? So this man is not only hitting 265 this season with five home runs, but he's 3-0 with a .82 ERA. Uh, not only that, but the 28-year-old phenom has hustle and speed and just recently impressing fans by running out an infield signal, which you really don't see. As this already seems like a contract year, if these stats continue, what are our predictions on the Otani free agency contract? Who needs him and who eventually gets him and for how much? So if I mentioned this already. It's probably going to be between the Yankees and the and the Mets. Uh, the Dodgers would probably love to get in on it, but I don't think they, they have enough money left and I'm sure the Potters would love to get on it, but they he's not a shortstop, so they probably don't want him. The Angels certainly would want him. And they, I mean, they, they're in Los Angeles. They're a big market. It's, it's going to be a big market team. 
It Does, has to be. Do the Angels still have Disney money? No. no but they're still stopped. in L.A. Yeah. yeah, exactly. People might forget that they're the second L.A. baseball team. And they have arguably the two best players of baseball, and yet they suck. <laughs> they do. No, they do. And I, well, this is my question, though, because Trout wanted to stay there, right? Mm-hmm. He could have gone anywhere for any amount of money, basically. Do you think... Well, maybe they, maybe they just don't have it in the tank anymore, but do you think he wants to stay there? Shohei? Yeah. I do. I do, actually. I, I think, think he... he I, I, yeah, it sounds yeah. like a great life out there. But I mean, he also wants to win. No. He oh, yeah. also wants to win. Yeah, that's true. What's what's their record this year? Terrible just, and worse. I just had it up. <laughs> I find him so interesting because I, mean, they're I don't even 12. really understand how the rules are surrounding him. Like, does well, he they, play DH? Does he play yeah. in the outfield? Like, how does he work in fantasy baseball? They, they pretty much implemented a uh, an Otani rule last year about really? uh, like replacing the 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 pitcher. Um, it's meaningless now. Actually, no, I don't think it is meaningless now because when he pitches, he's not he he's not a DH, right? Exactly. But he can he can be the DH. It's yes. it's it, they literally implemented this new rule because of Otani. Um, and there's another kid that's coming up in the college ranks right now. Who's he's a lefty. I forget who he plays for, but he he can throw like 101 miles an hour. But he also bats pretty well too. So th- I think there's going to be more and more of players like Otani that are going to come out. Now, with regards to Otani, how how well he's going to do this year? Uh, I mean, he's not he's not on pace the, that he was last year, at least with average. Uh, with home runs, he I don't know he if he has a 40 home run year. In addition to you know getting getting a 20 win season, that that could be arguably the greatest season that a, a major league baseball player has ever had. Because and he's on pace yeah, for that, at least the pitching, the pitching, uh, the pitching marks. I mean, he's yeah. having a great pitching season. How many? He's having a Garrett Cole style pitching season. Oh yeah, only he's not cheating. How many <laughs> pitchers are out there too, like in the league, typically that can really hit? Like, there, are pretty rare. there are none. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like there are none. I mean, well, I, I do like got to give a quick shout out to Noah Syndergaard, who in 2019. Yeah, but he can't pitched, pitch. Well, well, right. not. I, I, I mean, like a injury, starting, like post a, injury, he can't pitch. A but starting I mean, it, pitcher that gets like it was arguably he couldn't pitch before the injury. He, well he, over he threw a complete game in, He threw a complete game in 2019 and hit the the sole home run to win the game. That's amazing, and he looks like Thor. He does look he like, looks like a bad guy from like an 80s action movie. Does uh-huh. look like a bad like guy Dolph, from an Dolph 80s Lundgren's action cousin? movie. Lundgren, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he has yeah, or beautiful like, blonde hair, Pete. Yeah, like wow. the like the brother of the guy in Die Hard who like almost kills him at the end. Oh, yeah. Ho, ho, ho. Or I have the, machine uh, that gun. linebacker yeah. in the Detroit Lions that I was like, man, that guy's got beautiful hair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he's for real. He's done it a couple years in a row. I don't, I don't know how you could argue with Otani at this point. John, do you think he's going to be on the Yankees next year? I don't know if we, yeah, I mean, obviously we have room for him, but I don't know where he'd play, how we would pay for him, because he's going to make more than Aaron Judge. Mm. He is arguably You think he's going to make useful. more than Aaron Judge? I mean. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah. He's more useful. He's twice right? as valuable. Twice as valuable. That's right. Everybody wants a 20 game winner. Everybody does. He's it a, is literally yeah. the core a, of every team. Yeah. He's a 20 game winner and he's a left-handed power bat. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And he's a left-handed power bat. Yeah, I mean, he literally like they grew him in a lab. Yeah, it's 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 absurd. Maybe they did. And he doesn't seem like a prick either, which is a bonus. There is no next topic, only Sewell. It was well reported that the Lakers needed to make big strides after the trade deadline in order to make the playoffs. They added former player D'Angelo Russell and traded away Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly. 
Not only did they finish the regular season at 18 and 8 to go from the 13th seed to the 7th seed, they had, had lots of momentum and ended up defeating the 2 seed Memphis Grizzlies. So, gentlemen, can the Lakers actually make it to the finals? And what should the Grizzlies, Grizzlies take away from this series? LeBron James is really good at basketball. And don't punch him in the nuts. Don't punch him in the nuts. And don't, don't call him old. Don't call him old. Don't call him old. How, how old yeah. is he now? That was my that 39. Was the first qu- my God. But he's still playing at like an maybe not elite level, but still damn good. He's yeah. slower, but he's still a tank. Right. Yeah. yeah. He's still a very big very athletic man and he's very hard to defend against and just like he's always been i think they have a lot of momentum i think it's a really good it's a really good sports story lebron james getting in on the uh, on the on the basketball uh play in and and winning his last season i mean i think that's all really good for basketball honestly and the west is wide open i mean the suns aren't playing the best even though they have kevin durant i mean and let's be honest West isn't winning this year. They, I so mean, after the trade deadline, it certainly looked like they could have ha- they had a shot. I mean, a lot of people thought the Suns were going to do very well with the addition of Kevin Durant. And then you had the Mavs who added Kyrie Irving, but you know how much of a dumpster fire he is. The Clippers, Can the I just other again Los Angeles team. Thank Mark Cuban for Jalen Brunson. I just want to keep <laughs> doing that again and again and again. You and keep again. saying that. We're going to have to start adding that to the drinking game. <laughs> And the Clippers were doing really well, although now Kawhi Leonard is really hurt again. So they actually have a shot to make it to the finals. Legitimately. Who's going to beat them? I think so, too. And um, momentum in professional sports in the playoffs is a real thing. Huge. Real. Completely real in every single sport. I think they have a lot of it right now. And their team doesn't suck. You know, they have Anthony Davis and they have the King. I mean, they have a lot of good players. So the the only potential obstacle would be the Denver Nuggets because they have Nikola Jokic and... Uh, they're the number one seed. They they have been the best team in the West for the predominantly uh, the whole entire regular season. And Jokic might win his uh, his second straight MVP. So it's not a lock that may, but they do have a lot of momentum. They do have a they obviously they have the leadership of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I actually think they have a legitimate shot, but I don't. Yeah, right. I don't think they're going to win the the actual championship. This is this is what the Lakers like. When they first got LeBron, like this was the whole point, right? It just took a long time for it to actually pay I mean, off. They won a lot of times. Well, they won in 2020 in the bubble. Did, did they actually win? Okay. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess, wow. I guess t- that shows with the pandemic how much three time is flying. I'm still thinking that like he's only been on the team like one year or two years. Are they winning on the road? That's always my question. Uh, they have been lately. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. The, the, the statistics on winning on the on the road versus at home in, in postseason basketball are, are like staggering in a game where it yeah. really should not make any difference. Yeah. Um, so I was just curious. Yeah. I'm just looking at, I haven't been following the Lakers at all. That this is year. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It makes no sense. And it has like almost statistically no impact in baseball where it should really have a huge impact. Hmm. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, arenas get loud. It definitely makes a difference in hockey. They it should be loud, the same, right? Though. There yeah, definitely is a home field. Adva- there definitely is a home court advantage in basketball, and you tend to. You, it, it, this really hasn't proven. I would actually love to actually do a study on this about you know those 50-50 calls and if the home teams get a little bit more favor yeah. than the away teams because it definitely seems to be that way, especially in the playoffs. Well, I remember my dad telling me a story about when they moved from the the Celtics moved from the Garden to the TD Bank, whatever center. The the Celtics players at the time made them move the floor exactly the parquet, as it was. Yeah. yeah, because they said they could look down and know exactly where they were mm-hmm. on the floor just based on like the knots and the, you know. Oh, so maybe there's something story, to yeah. that. I don't know. Sure. That's super cool. They know where the weird bounces are. 
That is yeah. really cool. I like yeah. that. The dead spots. The dead spots. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I look, I look at Vegas odds right now, and Vegas odds have the Celtics way out in front. Yeah. Because the Celtics are probably going to win. Um, but they have the Knicks in second. Well, they, they're on game six, though. They got to get past. You just had uh, to stick that in there, didn't you? The <laughs> Knicks are the, the second best chance. Who do, you, who do you love again, John? I like the Knicks. I'm a type A New York sports fan, right? So that's Giants, Rangers, Yankees, Knicks. Hey, and it's been a least, while since the Knicks have been any good. At least your yeah. allegiances are, are rock solid. So oh, one now of my, it's 113 Atlanta. So one of my all-time favorite sports memories was when you and I went to the Garden to watch Stefan Marbury and the Knicks face off Ray Allen and the Bucks, and we just kept yelling at Ray Allen to shoot the ball wherever was he was on the court. a lot of beer involved, Mark. That was, that was a, a blast. That was a blast. That was fun. And he always shot. He always did. He did. Like, shoot the ball, Ray! <laughs> oh, man. Because he, he had no one else on his team, so he, had, mm. he just had to... Sh- he was the entire offense. Get down for the next topic! So in a story fit for an HBO drama, uh, Wrexham has won the National League and gained a promotion into the Professional League for the first time in 15 years. Uh, Shortly after the promotion, uh, owners uh, Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds have begun tempting Gareth Bale, possibly the greatest Welsh footballer of all time, to come out of retirement and play with jokes and the promise of a round at golf at St. Andrews. So with real sponsorship, professional promotional talent, and an actual stage to play on, do you think Wrexham will continue to be promoted? And do you think they can make it to the Premier League on this trajectory? I mean, anything's possible, right? It's it's very hard to make it out of the, what was the league were they in? The National League? Yeah. Is that what it was? 15 um, years in the National League. So it, they are playing uh, in a professional league I mean, now. As I when mean, you make it down the fourth there, worst one. Yeah. But when you make it down there, still. it's really hard to get out of it. And the fact that they were able to get out get out of it is actually amazing. And it's this is almost like actual, like written by Hollywood. Yeah, and amazing what money can do. Yeah, what do well, they do with that money? Well, That's my question because I never the, heard of this team until you know this this whole story started to break over the last couple of weeks. So Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds are friends. Rob McElhenney, growing up in Philadelphia, he literally called Ryan Reynolds one day. He said, "Hey, there's this <clears throat> football club, um, in a place called Wrexham. It's a lot like Philly. I think we should buy it." And so they did. The show's great. It, I pretty, mean, it, it pretty much worked. And they, they actually right. didn't really know each other that well at the time. In fact, I think they even, because they, they were at a show, Welcome to Wrexham. Mm-hmm. Great show, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a sponsor. <laughs> and they showed, essentially, Ryan and Rob meeting face-to-face for the first time. Because oh, wow. this was during the pandemic, and they had never really met each other Face to face, they they had done phone calls and and whatnot, but it's quite amazing the fact that I I, I don't know if it's been announced whether or not. They like, did they staff up? Like, do they? Yeah. Like, what did they do? They yeah. hired the yeah. right people. They well, they they, they got sponsorship. So there's a bunch of money clubs, into it. Yeah. All football clubs in the UK are sponsored, sponsored by Ryan Reynolds' so, company, but well, they're sponsored <laughs> by TikTok. Hey, sponsored by matter. TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I saw uh, the TikTok thing. They they got uh, you know a hundred million followers when the show released. I mean, their yeah. followers on socials went up. Their yeah, one comes goes up. They keep getting good players because I mean everybody wants to play on a national stage, especially footballers who are not in the Premier League who want to be in right. the Premier League. Where else would you play, right? You play yeah. in Wrexham for the famous Americans, and right. um, the trajectory has been insane as far as like national rec- international recognition um, wins player base, you know. And so I think it continues. Gareth Bale is um, is a great foot is a great player. I mean, he's been retired, but he has not been retired that long. And literally the social media post is, do you want to come make history? Um, it'll be really fun. 
<laughs> and Rob McElhenney's like, we'll play in St. Andrews because they're both really big golfers. I mean, yeah. Mark, what would you do for a round in St. Andrews? Oh, I'd probably shave my head. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon? Um, I don't know. There's, there's a lot. If, I, if, if someone were to, to offer to uh, pay for a round at St. Andrews or like Pebble Beach or something like that, yeah, I'd be willing to do just about anything. Are you like a serious golfer? Like I can, no. I can play golf, and I just feel <laughs> no, like that experience would just be so wasted on me. No, you know I, would, I, mean? I, 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 Mark would appreciate it for sure. I, I would definitely still appreciate because I, I love to just look around a golf course and, t- and soak yeah. it in. Yep. Uh, but I, yeah, I would definitely hack it up, and I probably never get invited back. <laughs> have you VR golf uh, Pebble Beach or San I have. Andrews? I have. Oh, we gotta actually next time uh, we're all in town. We gotta, we gotta do that. So we went to the, we went to one the last Mark and I went to one, but it was a small one. So there is a big, like a, like a chain one in Schenectady called the bunker that I really want to go to. Well, there's a top golf that's coming to my area. I don't know why of all places, Cranston, Rhode Island, like that's where it's coming. There's going to be a top golf over here. Yeah. You guys ever been to a top golf? It's so fun. I don't know if we have one. So fun. No, the nearest, there's the nearest one I think is in Jersey for you guys. Yeah. Okay. Jersey. John, though, the, the place you went, are you talking about the one like, well, it'd be near a Novo restaurant, like near Route 7 or like on Route 7? It's I don't like know a anything else. We went to, Mark and I went to a bar. It was, it, it was no, a no, bar. This was, yeah, this was no, it was a bar one, yeah. on a back street. It, it, it was, was in Schenectady, I think. Okay, yeah, but, no, there's, um, there's like a legit, like big virtual Scott golf went place. Too. Yeah, it's called The Bunker. Okay. We got, we down. somehow got Scott to go to that. We did get Scott. Hey, Scott. To, to jump back to Rexham real quickly, though, I actually do think it is a good, unique situation where there's enough buzz now with them. There's enough money. Like, it's just all those little things that are coming together to make the perfect storm where I think players that are way above the weight class of the league they're in would be interested maybe in helping them get up there. And may, so maybe they'll land a few superstars that can really keep them going up the trajectory well with promotion they're able to, they're able to pay their players a little bit more money too so it's oh so there's there's limitations right. there with what they can even uh, okay but yeah so i mean if the money's just good enough and maybe if some players would say hey i want to give them a hand well, and i bring up gareth bale right because he's a welshman and brexham is in wales it's in wales mm-hmm. so i one one final question and we're almost out of time how yep. much longer do you think that rob McElhenney and and Ryan Reynolds are going to own the team. Do you think they're going to see this to the end, or do they you think they're going to take it to a certain point? Have you seen their social media? Yes. Like, did you so. see the looks on their faces they when they won? It. Yeah, and I, I think so. It. I always love also the fact that Kalen Olson is very jealous that Rob McElhenney looks at Ryan Reynolds differently <laughs> yeah. than than at Kalen Olson, and very similar to how Aaron Judge looks at Anthony Volpe. Blake Lively got international football coverage, so that yeah, she, so can, watch she can watch see her husband. <laughs> right? I love those. They stories. had um, just they fun. had Paul yeah. Rudd at the championship game. You see them all hug when they won. Everybody, they all have. Yeah, I mean, they're I, all friends. It's a lot yeah, of championships between them and the Premier League, though, right? Isn't it like three more? Yeah, they're in the fourth worst. They're in yeah. the fourth worst professional league out of four. So yeah, they have to be so. promoted three times. But it'll be fun weird, to watch. Weirder things have happened, and yeah. as it continues, things like this have momentum, right? Sure. Yeah. In a world where there's a next topic. So the Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding controversy is one of the most infamous incidents in the history of figure skating. Yes, that's right. We asked for it last week, and we're going to talk about it this week. Mm. Nearly 30 years ago, in 1994, Kerrigan was attacked after a practice session when a man hired by Harding's ex-husband, Jeff Galuli, hit her in the knee with a baton. The attack caused Kerrigan to withdraw from the U.S. Figure Skating Championships, which Harding went on to win. 
the incident sparked a media frenzy with Harding and Kerrigan becoming household names. Harding was later found guilty of hindering prosecution and was banned for life from the U.S. Figure Skating Association. The controversy is still remembered today as a dramatic and scandalous moment in sports history. So, gentlemen, and Steve, you may not be able to participate because... No, I've got a story for this. I'm excited. What do you remember about about the Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding incident? So when it literally when it happened, I have no memories of because I was four. But I remember news stories about it. it must have been like whenever the court cases finally wrapped up, yeah. which was probably a couple of years later. And, you know, when you're a kid, you listen to your parents take on it and you think that's probably the correct take. Right. <laughs> <laughs> My mother's take on this was when she watched that video of her screaming like, you know, I think she screams like, why? 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 And she grabs her leg. My mother's take was like, what a crybaby. Oh, <laughs> damn. She's but she, like, wait, oh, have you Nancy heard Kerrigan was from Massachusetts. She's like, oh, she's just whining in that video. And I was, and I was like, oh, I guess it's just like some story about some woman blowing something out of proportion. I don't know. <laughs> and then I got, you know, I don't know, they did a big documentary about it and I watched it. I was like, this is Damn. a, they've done a few and they've a video to watch. This yeah. is not a woman whining. This is horrible. You're sick to your stomach watching it, but I don't know. That's, I just thought that was funny. I, Tanya yeah. came out of, a few years ago too. I was going to uh, bring up Alice, yeah, oh, Alice yeah, and Janney right. and Margie Rob, yeah. Margot Robbie. I was like, um, say that right, please. <laughs> <laughs> So I the was Scotch thinking about, game. I was thinking about the Crash Test Dummies song. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that like a whole verse in the music video? What? Yeah, <laughs> they, they, at, I, yeah, I don't remember a, that. There was song. a parody Sorry. reference to. Uh, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Are you talking about the Weird Al version of it? Oh, maybe that was the Weird Al uh, version. Yes, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that wow. would be, that would track. It's been a long time. <laughs> <The> Crash Test. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, you're right. Well, okay, what the, weird Al, the Weird Al parody of the Crash Test Dummies. Well, I, I, I looked up. I looked this up Can to, to jog out? my memory. <laughs> no, we're leaving that. In. Come Damn. on. I looked this up to jog my memory, and one of the stories that came up that I forgot about was Obama made some like oblique comment to it while he was president about something. What? Yeah, he, really? he used he used it as like a reference of somebody like taking somebody out at the knees. He invoked Tanya Harding. Wow. <laughs> to it. Yeah. yeah. It's just crazy that like. You know, something so so long ago though still has such gravitas to this day. Like, yeah, and and the trajectory of those two afterwards too, because I mean, Tanya Harding just became a joke. I mean, I I remember she was in a yeah. celebrity boxing match against Paula Jones, huh. and she she actually kicked the uh, the shit out of uh, Paula Jones in that match because Paula Jones like was like, oh no, stop hitting me, and you're in a celebrity boxing match, which is which is kind of funny to me. And then, uh, but Nancy Kerrigan is like still beloved, and she she was in the movie Blades of Glory with uh, Will Ferrell and um, John Hader. I, I think there's that. something to be said for the um, the competition in like Olympic sports, especially the female Olympic sports, um, and American figure skating in particular. I mean, just in general, it's always been that competitive. It's mm-hmm. always been that cutthroat. American figure skating, American gymnastics. Simone Biles speaking out about um, anxiety and depression and the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah. there is a lot. They're putting a lot on these essential children um, who are doing this for their whole lives, full time, until they can't do it anymore. And, I mean, you know, for her to not be incredibly stable because also that takes a certain type of parent, a certain type of upbringing. I mean, 
for something like this to happen, it's almost, I mean, it's sad and it shouldn't have happened. It was wrong, but it's not surprising. Well, she didn't think that she could actually beat Nancy Kerrigan. So I think that that was one of the things that came out in I, Tonya, uh the movie. Well, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. That was a great I, fucking movie. It was a great movie. It's still just so sad that it's like, you know, you really, you're kind of on the same side. I get, yes, there's, there's the personal strive for gold and stuff like that, but it's like, man, you just, you can't think about like competing with your country too. Well, how much like, do you get for a gold medal versus a silver medal? It's a lot, right? Well, it wasn't Olympics, was it? Yeah, it, was, it, yeah, was, it was, it was to get on the Olympic team. Oh, right? okay. That's yeah. what it was. Okay. Did Tony not compete in the Olympics that year too, though? Uh, they, I think they actually both did. And um, I thought they did. Yeah. I don't think. Tanya did very well. I think she finished no. in like 10th and Nancy Kerrigan Nancy got a silver. bronze or silver. Uh, silver. But she was super angry about it because she's like, yeah, if I had a good knee, I would have yeah, probably got exactly. gold. Like, yeah. that's that seriously messed her up. Next topic. So in a frightening short-sighted, downright dangerous play, the RNC releases an AI-generated fake news disasters video in response to President Biden's 2024 campaign launch. The video realistically recounts the worst-case global scenarios, phrasing it as fact uh, if President Biden is re-elected. Uh, less than a year into the AI bubble, and we are already reminded as to why we can't have nice things. So as a big proponent myself of bleeding edge technology and AI in general, I wanted to take a moment to talk about this dangerous national misuse of technology. How will AI generated content be used or misused during this election cycle and in the upcoming years? And more importantly, what kind of limitations and laws need to be put in place as this technology matures? This is a gross use of, of technology, isn't it? And it's, yeah. uh, this is definitely, it, it, this just happens like us as human beings, we just take something, some things to too far to an extreme sometimes and we've some people just want to use it and think of the worst way to to take advantage of it so uh now to be fair jimmy kimmel has also been doing this with donald trump lately and they he's been doing some really bad videos but it, it's very obvious that these are fake videos because, i think it's a question of, of phrasing and use too i mean yeah. the fact of this video that the rnc put out is it's just gross i but mean the, it's and the thing is morally gray the thing and, is that people are going to believe it to be true because right. they just see it and they're not going to really look into it and they they're going to think that it's a hundred percent true yeah it's it's one thing when it comes from the perspective of like a late night show doing a comedy bit it's the other thing when like an actual political party is doing it seriously to attack another candidate like what well, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I don't i don't think it's going to change anybody's mind who wasn't already that's true feeling that way. that's probably so, true yeah and, and i what i hope is that it might come to be like my generation's version of like the the, the gold water ad if you guys ever seen that one uh, it's like a little girl counting in a field and then like a nuke goes off in the background and it's like oh. this is what will happen if you don't vote for our candidate um and i think after that everyone was like that was a little that was too much. Let's not do that anymore. That's essentially what this was. Did you guys I'm watch kind this video? Of hoping, yeah, I'm just kind of hoping that that, that will be the same ride. They were like, whoops, that was too far. Let's not do those anymore. Well, but I don't, it, think that, it, I don't think that's going to happen. That's just and it's definitely not the first time that this has happened. I mean, they've they've definitely, there have been fake videos of Obama. But there, to be fair, there have been fake videos on both sides. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be a thing. Do those, does there need to be some kind of regulation? I don't know if there needs to be regulation, but in all in a but in a sense, there does need to there does need to be some kind of monitoring to it. There are going to be certain people that are going to think it's real, and some of them yeah. look very real. 
maybe disclaimers, something like this is what could happen or this is a simulation. They were like, very it was in very small letters. Yeah. Um, okay, maybe maybe there needs to be a minimum font size or percentage of screen rule. Like, come on. I just don't know that it'll really make that much of a difference. And I don't know that there's like how would you even design a legislation that would be effective here? You need like I don't know. That that's tough. Let's extrapolate it out a little bit. Like not even for political videos, but just in general. Yeah. When the production of news and realistic news versus fake news become indistinguishable. Like I like uh, the things they used to say in Westworld, like if you can't tell, does it matter? Um, yes. But in this perspective that makes telling the truth hard because a lot of news can be fake now. Listen, Orwell said that the, the destruction of society was going to come when information was controlled. Absolutely. And Huxley said that it was going to come when there was so much information uh, at varying levels of veracity, you have no idea which way is up or down. And that was obviously the, the course that turned out to be true. Yep. Uh, and, and until we have some kind of like, I don't know, you're going to need some sort of like AI busting blade runners going around telling you what's what's generated content and what's not, because it's just going to get better. Uh, I don't really yeah. see any. This is going to be the yeah. horror of my generation. Well, maybe there's going to be like a surgeon general warning like they did put on cigarettes, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but people, the thing is... Uh, which is fine if you're selling a product somewhere above board, but there's going to be so much. I mean, the only like, valuable thing in the world right now is information. It's the only thing that has any value. So yeah. news and information and you can sell it and you can use it and you can, you can like, it's like statistics, right? A statistic is only as good as the person that's telling it. You can make a statistic say anything. Yeah. It's, I, know, I think there are other things that still have value. I mean, yes, but the distortion of information to that point, like just, I mean, it just, it's giving me very bad 1984 vibes to where like, uh, you could see it continue to deteriorate from here to where no one knows what's real and what's fake anymore. And then yeah. ends up with just institutions that have the most money, like oligarchs or whatever, just make up whatever news and history they want. And that's what the only thing that, you know, yeah, it's like know, the so. Bowling Green massacre, right? Remember that <laughs> it's just made up. It doesn't, it wasn't a thing. Final topic fight. So it's my turn to talk about something serious. It was not a good week for cable news anchors. The dismissal of Fox News, Tucker Carlson, and CNN's Don Lemon seemed to come out of nowhere. It can be presumed that Carlson's exit had to do with the $787.5 million settlement with Dominion voting machines. Lemon's departure may have had to do with a comment he made about Republican candidate Nikki Haley that seemed derogatory towards women. Oddly enough, while they may have conflicting political views, it was announced that both Carlson and Lemon have hired the same defense attorney, Brian Friedman, in a move presumably to counteract their firings. So, gentlemen, what repercussions will happen with the sudden exits of Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon? I know Fox News' uh, stock went down. Well, I mean, was that because of Tucker or because of the $700 million? Yeah. I, would, I would argue more Tucker. It could be for both, and and Fox yeah. News has even uh, has more um, uh, uh, lawsuits uh, coming up against them as well. One of them is like two billion dollars. Right. I think Tucker has some coming his way too. That guy that was on sixty Minutes talking about how like Tucker Carlson ruined my life by by airing those like false implications that I was a uh, instigator of the you know the Jan Six. Oh um, yeah, yeah. So there's I definitely some defamation going his way. Yeah. I think the thing with Tucker Carlson is like he's what what I think what's going to happen is he's going to probably affect more strongly affect a more radical audience uh, on an independent media platform. But like now, at least he won't be talking to like your grandparents anymore, you know, so yeah. there's some value in it. 
The thing is, though, before Tucker Carlson, there was Bill O'Reilly. Yep. So he got fired too, though, didn't he? he and he's he still did. doing his thing on some independent platform. Yep. I don't know what. So yeah, I think you're right, Steve. I think um, I, I think uh, Tucker Carlson will probably because there's no other network he can go to because he's no. been already kind of fired from a lot of others. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, OAN might be one that might take him on, but uh, OAN, a, it's it's another a way more fringe, network. smaller platform. Yeah, and also all those messages are going to show how much he like absolutely hates the modern Republican Party and how much he hates Trump. But that doesn't hurt him. He's really going to fit. Yeah, but I don't know that he's going to fit on one of those like fringe. Like OAN's a pretty like pro. Yeah, it's network. it's more. Yeah, yeah, mm, exactly. That's true. So, that, that could be clashing of. Yeah, I think he'll just. I think he'll just like get a podcast. You know a podcast. I mean, right? sure. I mean, people will listen to him every day talk about whatever. Well, I don't know if that demographic is as aware of podcasts, but <laughs> um, <laughs> well, this is what I mean. He's going to be going in for those like um, those like young right wing guys who feel like, oh, you know, modern women are broken and we can't succeed because we're white. And Tucker Carlson will tell them that you know they're right and uh, you know, somehow convince them that Russia's like cool now yeah. i don't know i'm not sure what happened with that one that one really and they can talk about it in their men's clubs yeah yeah, yeah. so don lemon know. was was the one that was a little bit more surprising to me he was he was definitely the the face of cnn being anti-trump for for a while yeah um mm. and i mean he makes he makes that one comment and uh he's he yeah he got canned which in a lot of senses was the right move he'd be did you guys actually hear what the comment was no no i didn't so he was talking specifically about nikki haley he says um nikki haley isn't in her prime a woman is considered to be in their prime in their 20s 30s and maybe 40s that's what he said oof okay well, you clearly can't say that you he clearly that can't on, say he that. that he said that on tv he said that on some... tv on the morning show Okay, but he had a yeah. he had a prime time slot just like Tucker was, Carlson did. Was he drunk? I just don't know. Like he, he was on CNN a long he time for a while. It? Yeah, I'm not really sure that we've lost anything as a nation with that. I mean, great that he was out there. Like, I mean, it's like what, what is the point of CNN anymore? I'm not even sure. I'm not sure. I feel like they've completely lost their direction too. Well, just like most politicians on either side of the ball are dirty. I mean, I think most the CNN journalists and the Fox News journalists, they're all doing similar things. Like, zealots are bad no matter where they are. Well, there's a very, morning show, you're really not a journalist anymore. Yeah, there's right. there's very few there's very few areas now that they, they just go down the middle. They report the news without any kind of bias. Now, what's what? there's a couple things that have to do with that. And um, uh, John Oliver did a little piece on this uh, a little while ago mm. with the fact that a lot of news organizations or even local channels are owned by yes. these big media companies that have their yes. own bias that they want to push now. So sure. that's one thing that's going on with that. News Nation is something that's been pushing that that they have no bias. They, they want to just report the news. Uh, personally, I haven't really been watching any of it, but because I, I, I like watching news without a bias on it because that's what i want to hear i want to hear the, the truth yeah it's like the associated press and and that's about it maybe npr <laughs> and i think that's why the daily show hit for so long is they just ripped everybody up yeah well and that's what that's another reason why i like um bill bill maher bill maher um Oof. because he's definitely um left on the left but he does pick on both he does pick mm -hmm. on both sides 
Um, and he does get himself into trouble for for some other things too. But he he definitely and he likes to have conversations with both sides as well. He had Bill Barr on his uh, show a little while ago. Uh, you know, he was pro-Trump for the longest time, although now he's not. Uh, but he's he does have a lot of people from both sides of the aisle on, on his show, which is which is nice to see that you're not just getting it from one point of view. Yeah, I just think he's like he embodies like the liberal arrogance that we lose like so much yardage on in every election. So I just can't stand him for that reason. Like he's just the he's like the character flaw that you would if you were mocking up like a liberal to make fun of them, it would look like it <laughs> would look like him. The I caricature mean, of yeah, the, the, the you know the like like smarmy, just like you know he's smarming at you, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. You yeah, you open up the di- the dictionary. If there's a picture of the word smarmy, it's definitely Bill Maher. Yeah, it's mm. just you just want to. He's just got a very punchable face. <laughs> So that has been our 10 topics. Please follow or like us on our socials at If These Balls Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our website is www.ifthesballscouldtalkpod.com, where you can see our sports news of the day or you can talk to us through Discord. We would like to thank our guests for joining us this week. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. This is Mark Pesci, and for my partner, John Companion, and producer, Pete Steffen, that's what we feel they would say if these balls could talk. If these balls.